Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Q the Abolitionist. Yo, what's up? It's Crypto Gumbo, and this is episode 10 of Unshackled Liberty. Today is March 27th, 2020, and we just got done interviewing Matt from Status Quo Podcast. We talked about some ideas with uh, the up-and-coming the up and, and the spreading coronavirus. A lot of shows are doing it, but this is a perspective that you might not have heard before. So if you like this kind of stuff, we hope you stick around. Thank you very much. Hey, welcome to episode 10 of Unshackled Liberty. We have a very special guest with us uh, today as we're talking about some things regarding the, the the coronavirus. We've got Matt from Status Quo Podcast. How you doing, Matt? What's going on, dudes? Thanks for having me on. Hey, man. We're psyched to have you. Absolutely. Um, so we were, we were spending some time just talking about some things uh, earlier before we started recording. But uh, you had mentioned your, your background is in the medical field, yeah? You're a mm-hmm. medic? Okay. It was was and i know we had talked a little bit online about you know going through the whole computer thing and um i got this funny theory about the coronavirus maybe we'll get to it but but uh what do you think about everything we're dealing with with regard to all of the liberties that are being taken away from us the 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 economy the way it's being manhandled by the state what do you think (laughs) Oh man, it's, it's hard to tell. I'm honestly, I, oh, there's just so much like, first of all, I hate the fact that I have to turn on the TV or watch the news and I can't, I can't believe anything at face value because these people just lie all the time. And even the, yeah. you know, of course the government lies, the CDC lies all the time. The CDC are pathological liars and are absolutely criminally responsible for all kinds of horrible things. Um, the, them dropping the ball and botching this you know, coronavirus thing is, is par for the course. It's the, it's the rule, not the exception. And right. as far as the, uh, as far as the economy goes, I mean, it was going to crash anyway. Yeah. We were, I mean, we, we were headed. Yeah. We were headed down a one way street for a while now. And you I mean the yield curve inverted earlier this year, there's $23 trillion in debt. That's already floating out there. The stock market was at all time highs. We were in year 11 of a boom period. So it was, it was not long for this world anyway. And I think that honestly, all the, cause if you look at like what's going on with uh, our state, you know, we have this stay in place order, which is essentially like a, like a, it's not soft form of martial law yet, but it's getting close. Well, it's and, pretty close to house arrest, isn't it? I mean, it's getting there. I mean, how you take a whole population of people, you put them under house arrest without due process, man. That's that's a that's a problem. That's, that's crazy. a problem for anybody for anybody that's thinking about freedom or liberty. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Now, like as it is as it stands right now, they're not they're not arresting people. But the fact that the government even says like, oh, I uh, and the way they do, it, it's kind of weird because they didn't say like I order all people in Ohio to stay at home. And if you come out of your house, you'll be arrested. No, they say, well, we recommend that everybody stay at home except for outdoor activities, essential services. And, you know, my job, I haven't noticed too much personally because my job is essential services. And uh you know, food, food shopping and whatnot. And then of course they, they force close all these businesses. They padlocked a couple of them actually. And it's funny. I was watching the news earlier today, which is something I try not to do for my own mental health and sanity, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, 
my girlfriend watches a lot of cable news, so I I, I catch quite a bit of it. So there, uh, they had a uh, the Department of Health in the city where I live had fielded like 500 calls from people this week telling on people for having their businesses open. That's Snitching. That's crazy, man. Can you believe that? Hardworking people. Oh my goodness. Right. And it's just like also the idea of like, okay, so what's an essential business? Like I'm sure that the business owner, it's essential to him. Like <laughs> what does that even mean? Yeah. So as far as that goes, you know, the virus in itself, man, it's hard to tell. I'm getting conflicting things from every angle. Uh, I got some friends and some relatives that work in healthcare that have had some cases, so especially some people that can't breathe. Like it is definitely at least a serious illness in some people. As far as the actual numbers, who knows? They're completely unreliable. We have no idea. And that's part of the, part of the problem is that there's no reliable data for them to actually figure out what to do or what they're doing is, is working. It's really a huge problem. And then, uh, but the, the, I just I don't care what how bad how serious it is man something don't sit right with me with the government taking all these powers in a time where we essentially like it's been I mean dude like if you look right it's been proven us like we're totally powerless in the face of this thing oh we are and uh you know it, the most frustrating thing is is you got guys little pockets of people like us our little our little corner of anti-war vets and all that all that uh mm -hmm. you know squaw squawking and talking and do, doing the things that we like to do and and philosophically we know where we're at but you look around bro we don't have the numbers to do anything about any of this stuff and and the the amount of people who just fall in line and just say yeah no problem um i'll just yes yes sir you know please sir That's, may I have another kind of thing you know it's like yeah it's, it's just it's it's <laughs> sickening and and I, I said something at work today um you know, and and I'm one of the one of the essential people that gets to keep his job, I guess. So you know, th right. I I mean it. Thank thank God for that, of course. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I tell you, you know, at work I said something, and I got a couple sideways looks. I mentioned the fact that everybody, or for a lot a lot of people, are on house arrest. This amounts to house arrest without yeah. due process, and people just looked at me sideways, like I can't believe you'd say something like that in a time like this. And it's like, come on, man, like. Man, wake up! Look around. This is these people are in, so in in Honolulu County. We had a news break just this morning. We arrested not we not not Q and Gumbo, but <laughs> Honolulu, Honolulu Police Department arrested two people for uh, not obeying the stay at home order, and has cited seventy others. It's it's punishable Unreal, by one, man. Year, one year in prison or and five thousand dollar fine or something like that, right? And and so here we go. We have we have. A county in the United States, Honolulu County, that is following the 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 the, the police are following the directives from from the from the the master of of our plantation to keep <laughs> everybody in their house and and if they don't, they'll put them in a cage, right? Like yeah, stay in your house or get a cage. Those are the choices that we have in Honolulu right now, and and frankly. As far as the numbers go, we have, I mean, I guess I, I got to look at what, what it is today. But as of yesterday, we had 105 cases of coronavirus statewide. statewide. We're 1.4 million people. That's a drop in the bucket. I don't want to take yeah. anything away from, from, from anybody that, that, that's going through it and struggling with it. I'm sure it's a real problem. But the numbers don't, in my opinion, the numbers don't support this level of, 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 of crisis management that, that, that the central organization has, has uh has started up doing, you know what I mean? No, so. 
And also what's I think is really disturbing about that, number one, of course, is how people are just so willing to just say, all right, government, I'll stay in my house to do whatever you want. Please just give me money from a helicopter. Give me me a helicopter check. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But what I think is really disturbing is that, I mean, they're starting to suspend habeas corpus in some places. There's there's certain cities and localities that are taking emergency powers to basically if they arrest people during this emergency, they're going to leave people in jail until the emergency is over. And the thing is that, look, man. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever spent time in the cell, but here's the thing. Like, you can't get soap unless you buy it, right? You don't have access to hand sanitizer, and you're essentially in a very tiny little Petri dish stuffed full of people. So yeah. you're, they're bringing people in off the street who may have been exposed to this virus. And essentially, it's it's almost like it's it's essentially like when they take you in the booking room, if they just put a, put a round in a revolver, spin the cylinder, and just pull it at your head and pull the trigger. That's really what they're doing with 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 the prison or the jail system, man. It's crazy. It's just uh, that's unconscionable. Like I I think, man. Uh, honestly, potentially, it's like almost self torture. <laughs> like you might be tortured right now because you might get sick from someone that we brought off the streets because they weren't showing signs and now they are. You know, like, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, communicable diseases spread like wild wildfire in you know military barracks and prison and prison blocks, man. Uh, you know, scabies P- and potato potato. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, for real. The only difference is the bars, man. <laughs> the only difference is the bars, for real. Yeah. But uh, yeah, honestly, like tuberculosis is, is still. I mean, military still has cases of tuberculosis to this day. Yeah. Same thing. It's yeah. yeah, it's nuts, man. But anyway, yeah, I think that's. I think what I find the most disturbing out of all of it is the reaction from people. And I would think that, and I, I war, I was talking to my mom about this one. She's a health, she works in the healthcare industry. And I was talking to her about this a while ago. And I told her, I said like, look, mom, the cure is going to be worse than the disease. Like the things that they do are going to do are going to be severe. They're going to be extreme and they're not going to go away once this, once this crisis ends. And, oh, because it could ever, because it could come back tomorrow, right? Like that's what they're exactly. going to hold over our head. Right. You know, once, and, once the coast is clear and we get past all this stuff, they're going to go, okay, okay, okay. We beat it. But it could come back any minute, so we're going to keep this tempo up. We're going to yeah. keep yeah. this standard up, you know. And, and it's, it's just going to be an increase of the police powers in the in the in all the various counties and states around the country. For sure, and it's the nature of government anyway. Whenever they gain a power or take a right away, they don't give it back. I mean, you know, you no. look at the history of gun control in America. I mean, <laughs> they don't ever wind it back ever. So once like that's gone, finders, finders keepers. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and once that's gone, it's gone for good. And that's just it is that uh, and I remember her saying that, oh, well, you know, I think a lot of people in this country still believe in liberty and freedom. And I was like, I don't know, mom. I don't I don't think a lot of people even know what those words mean anymore. No, but I don't. I mean, like fundamentally, I don't think they get it. And and I, I we're going to do Gumbo and I are we're, we're trying to do a, a show on um, a very important topic relating to that tomorrow. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but but it comes down to people don't understand that freedom and liberty functionally are two-sided coins. You have rights and responsibilities, and you can't have one without the other. And and uh, I, I don't think I don't think people get it anymore. You know, it's it's purposely been uh, cr- created to be co- a confusing thing. So you have to go through this maze. Like I always say, the regular people, the common people, me, you know, people like me. You don't. Uh, it's cloudy. Unless you have a defined definition and a and a and a, a clear view of what it is that you're trying to see, t- trying to be, you know, it's 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 confusing, and that's on purpose. Certainly, 
agree. I agree. That's and, good. And it's uh, the 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 main problem is that there's more people that are willing to trade freedom for security, and it's just people have been conditioned to to do that. They've been they've gotten used to that over their entire over all of our entire lifetimes, man. If you look yeah, at yeah. the size of government. Uh, that's just always how it's been for people alive today. They don't remember a time when the government, you know, didn't tell you what kind of light bulb you could have in your bathroom or how big your toilet could be or how many gallons it could hold per flush or, you know, all these things like oh, that, yeah. man. Yeah. And, and don't, and don't water, you know, if you live in one of these areas, you know, don't, <laughs> don't get caught your side of the street watering on an even day, man. Don't do that. Don't water <laughs> right. your lawn on an even day, bro. If you're an odd day house, forget it. Seriously, dude. Maybe that's an indication that people were never supposed to live there in the first place, or at least not have giant green yards. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You're you're talking to a guy from Northern California. I spent the entire portion of my childhood watching our water flow down to L.A. So, I mean, it's... (laughs) You know, know, another another thing about this this virus stuff and vaccines is, so you, you have arguments for both sides, right? So you have people saying, hey, we're whistleblowing. This is a conspiracy. This isn't real. But and, and they'll have documentation and they'll have data on it. But then you have the other side that's screaming the other, you know, for the other side of the team saying um, you have to be careful. You have to you have to stay inside. So wh- wh- what do you believe if you if both sides have data and both sides are arguing against each other? How do you know how legit this is? You know, yeah, that's the scary part because you it's don't know. problem. No, you don't. And there's no way you can tell. And especially because, like I said earlier, man, like the media is full of pathological liars. They lie all the time about everything. So I, 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 I'm hard pressed to take anything they say seriously. And I find that it's almost to the point where it's like a problem where it's like <laughs> every time I, I, I listen to the news or I read a story, I, I find things that I just cannot possibly believe. And they might be totally legit. But the fact of the matter is, fool me once, man. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Won't get fooled again, yeah. but, or something like that. I was waiting. I was waiting to see how you were going to finish that. Everybody's favorite war criminal. But, yeah. uh, but and, the <laughs> other part of this, and uh, the other part of this, and I think you guys get it, is it's everywhere. It's taking, and I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the virus, right? But the I'm talking propaganda. about the propaganda is everywhere, and yeah. you know they're. They were pushing something earlier this week through through legislature over over there in Washington D.C. about um, you know guns and all this stuff that's just trying yes. to fly under the radar. And and you, know, I'm guilty as anybody else because I'll tell you what. Normally, I'd be all over that. Normally, this episode would be about that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But because all because of all of this stuff that we're worrying about, we're talking about the coronavirus again. And and frankly, there's part of me that's really kind of sick of it. But I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I can't get enough, dude. You know, it's 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 it. just twisted. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's I weird. mean, it's the you know part of it's the driving by a car crash effect. The other part of it is that if there's a very real possibility that I mean, it's already affecting the way that we all live. And the other fact of the matter is, it, it you you have to have be stay stay informed to some degree so you can figure out what's going on and, and you know move ahead of it. But yeah. it's just, yeah, man, it's outrageous. And there's so many things where it's – and that makes me very suspicious about this whole thing. The fact of the matter is it's not like the government was just trying to pass a very small stimulus bill that had nothing but economic stimulus and bailouts for their corporate cronies. No, they tried to pile all this other crap oh, yeah. on it. All and, the other stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And it's just like, okay, so if this thing is so life and death and people are dying every day and it's such a huge massive crisis, why wouldn't they just put through a bill that could get done very quickly and that way they could just knock it out and be done with it? But no, they're not doing that. So number it's one pork yeah, barrel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, pork, they don't all that pork. Yeah. Right. They, they, these people care more about the job they're going to get after they retire from Congress than they do about you, number one. Number exactly. two is that, you know, it's Rahm Emanuel said it, and then Vladimir Lenin said it too never let a crisis go to waste. And there's so many different agenda items that they are using this for to push forward. It's like they've they've taken every agenda item they had and just cranked it up to 11, uh, yeah. you know, to borrow a spinal tap, turn of phrase. But um, <laughs> now, man, it's like, uh, one is the cashless society. I'm sure you guys have seen things about that where they're talking about, well, we have to get rid of cash because this is how the virus spreads itself. And yeah. of course, why would the, of course, if we go to a, a digital dollar, which also, by the way, you know, they're, they're literally like the, they, they just murdered the dollar on the Senate floor. Like it's done. Uh, it might take a, a, a couple months. It might take a couple years, but the dollar is on its way out. And yeah, it's bleeding gonna, out. It's bleeding out. Yeah. 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 They're going to have to have something to replace it because we still have – because what backs up the U.S. dollar? It's not gold. <laughs> it's a bunch of guys in OCPs with rifles. That's what backs up yeah. the U.S. dollar. So I got stuck on the couch. But anyway, <laughs> so here's the thing is that they're going to find something to replace it, and they they would love to have a digital dollar for all kinds of reasons where it's like, number one, they can track every purchase you make. There's no more working under the table. There's no more side jobs and no more side hustle. There's no more non-taxable income. Everything you have is tracked and recorded. And also, hey, guess what? <laughs> if you're on antidepressants, because we know, because we saw you go to the pharmacy, well, guess what? We're going to decline your card at the gun store because we think you might be a danger to yourself. And yeah. it's just yeah. like, dude, the poss once economic control is the heart of everything. And once you get control of the economy and people's wallets, you can just drag them whichever way you want. And these people, they know that, man. Another thing too, it's like whenever they want to pump some money in the economy, once you have your digital wallet, they can just they can just helicopter some money into that and not have to worry about all the logistics of giving everybody a check, which is a huge logistical challenge, honestly. Yeah. Like it really is a, a, a major thing to do, to get done. And then also another one they've talked about a lot. And I don't know if you guys are hip to Event 201, um, you heard anybody talking about that at all? No, I've heard, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll give you, a, I'll give you a quick one rundown. Basically, Event Two Hundred One was a tabletop exercise that was put on by the World Economic Forum, the Johns Hopkins uh, Public Health School and Center for uh, Health Security, and then the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and of course, okay. um, you know, these are some of the big. You could call them globalists, certainly. I mean, the big people that. Uh, and they, they basically ran a simulation in November 2019 of a uh, a pandemic of a novel coronavirus, right? Which that's not that crazy. Oh, I've I, heard about that. Yeah, yes. I've heard about that. That's not that I just, crazy. I just I, – I, I, I spaced on the name is all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. We all know what goes down in theater whenever drills are taking place. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes, exactly. All experience that. <laughs> right. I mean, the fact of the matter that said it was a novel coronavirus is not that crazy because I think we've known for a long time that the next major pandemic was going to be viral because we have such a good grip on bacteria at this stage. Yeah. I mean, 
antibiotics have basically made bacterial pandemics a thing of the past, at least for now until the bacteria that are on this planet get resistant to all our bacteria uh, countermeasures and then become superbugs and kill us all. But that's another story for another day. So anyway, <laughs> the, the main thing here with this event 201 is they had like 60 – it started in China. It jumped from bats to pigs to people, and 60 million people died. The global the global markets were down like 15% to 10%, which is about how much they're down right now, strangely enough. But the, the main thing is this, is that they put out like a lessons learned paper afterwards, and it had like the seven-point action plan for governments and their partner public or their private partners to implement before the next big pandemic. And um, some of this stuff like – you know, whether it's a bioweapon or whether Bill Gates has a patent, this stuff's a distraction, man. The, the real story is the fact that these seven, seven point action plans are things that people who are literally participating in this exercise are now like on the quote unquote front lines of fighting this thing. Like Stephen Red, the head of the CDC, he was there. A bunch of other major uh, health systems and uh, health manufacturers, the CEOs were all there. And basically, they had a seven point plan. And one of the big things that they were pushing for was nationalization of health uh, you know, material stockpiles, which we're seeing today, uh, more increased private-public partnership, which in an in a, uh, older age would have, been, would have been called fascism, and then also like increased social media censorship and uh, disinformation. Like the WHO he head, she said, or he said, we're not just in an epidemic, we're in an infodemic, and there's such a crisis of misinformation online. And sure enough, what's happened now? You know, Reddit, Twitter, uh, Fedbook, all these other companies all put together a joint statement where they said we're going to we're going to make our commitment to making sure that only you get good information on the coronavirus and there's no disinformation out there. And well, you know what are they doing? Censoring anybody who counters the official yeah. narrative. Like Ron Paul, man. Ron, Paul, you know, you guys know who Anthony Fauci is? That old fossil who's uh, in charge of the National Institutes of Health, Infectious Disease Control, whatever. Yeah. Okay, yeah. he's been on TV all over the place. Uh, long story short is that he he published a paper in I think it was the British Medical Journal, BMJ, that talked about how coronavirus uh, fatality, like mortality rate, was about one percent. And then he went on TV and said it was about like three percent. It was like ten times or thirty times as bad as the flu. And then Ron Paul, all he did was hold up the two quotes next to each other. And he's like, "This guy's full of crap, guys," and he got censored on Facebook for that. For, for spreading misinformation. So it's like it's pretty obvious that the whole point of me saying this is that it's pretty clear that these people are whether it doesn't matter whether this thing was man-made, made in a lab, natural. It doesn't matter whether Bill Gates has a patent to the virus or not. None of that stuff matters. The, the, what matters is that they are using it to push forward things they couldn't get done at a normal time. You yeah, know, it's just like the it's live, so they're 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 running with it. And not mm -hmm. to mention how convenient is it that if you go on any streaming platform right now for your, for the satisfaction of your media indulgences, you have all these pandemic pandemic esque like movies and shows and just popping up right right around this time, yes. so people can fill their brains with more propaganda because they lie to you in the news yes. and tell you the truth and the and the and what's supposed to be fake, right? Mm -hmm. Bill Gates, uh, he he pumped, he funded one of those series i can't remember which one it was too and you know he's like he's really really big and he's been saying there's going to be a pandemic for years which is also interesting because bill gates also thinks the planet's overpopulated and believes we should have population control so reminds me of the georgia guidestones you know there's just yeah. a conspiracy plug for the day <laughs> yeah. they're uh 
Yeah, it's 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 highly questionable to say the least. But either way, man, is that yeah, it's it is a real it is a real issue. The fact that there is no reliable sources. You got to do your own homework, man. Yeah, and they, they've, they've muddied the waters so much that even when you do your own research, and there's a lot of brilliant people out there in your inner circles, and it's still hard to find it. And the, oh yeah, it has a purpose. It's 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 ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think vaccines are a really good example of that because the problem with this now it's a moving target, and it's going to be hard. We're not going to know a lot of it until it's all over, and that's just how it is. So, but so think- you brought up vaccines. Mm-hmm. This is kind of right in line with with my little my little my little theory that I got going here. You want to hear it? Let's hear it. Yeah, lay it on. Okay. So, so I don't know. So, so I'm just a guy, right? So, don't anybody who's listening to this. This is not advice. This is just something that I'm kind of throwing around out there. So, do you remember when you were a kid and you got chicken pox? Did you ever get chicken pox? Oh no, I got the vaccine. Oh, did you? Uh, <laughs> well, well, okay. I think we're just. Well, I, I guess are, I guess I'm a little too old then, but uh, I got the chicken pox every so first. often. Yeah, every so, so often, still, every few years. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say so it was still basically experimental when I got it. So oh yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> so every 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 few years in my neighborhood, the chicken pox would come through, and I remember I had a friend across the street, my brother's best friend, got the chicken pox, and my mom took me and my brother, ran us over to that kid's house, mm-hmm. and made sure that we played with him. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> made sure that we played with him. Didn't just play with him. She was like, "You sure you guys you don't want to go play football? You, know, you don't want to wrestle? Let me put on some WWF and see how you do." You know what I mean? This is before WWF became WWE, right? Yeah. So the the goal was my mom was like, "Okay, my kids are gonna get chicken pox eventually, but I got two boys. I can either have two separate weeks of frustration, or I can have, <laughs> yep. or I can have one hard week." Right. And just where they both have it. Right. And you know what's uh, funny. As a dad, as a dad now, you you have so much more sympathy for that point of view, too. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I'm like, I'm looking at this, and there's a few things I remember from, from high school biology, and that's, you know, viruses in general terms don't have cures. Right. Um, the best we can hope for in general terms when it comes to viruses, as, from, as far as I know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. This is a very limited understanding of how viruses work. Dr. But, Q. But from my limited understanding, the best thing you can hope for with a virus is if you have a properly engineered and properly administered vaccine, okay, then that's, then that's a potential you know, avoidance measure, right? Mm-hmm. Or just get it. I mean, if it's going to kill you, you don't want to get it, right? But if it's something that you can survive, you just get it. And then yeah. you eventually you eventually build up your immunity to it, right? Because you go through the process. Now, I've heard some stories that, that the coronavirus doesn't have any natural immunity when you're done. that, But I haven't seen anything back that up as far as numbers go. I don't know how much of that is. Here we go with, the, with misinformation. I don't know how much of that is true or, or not. But from what I understand, all the numbers seem to suggest that if you don't have a pre-existing health condition that, that is, that is, you know, pulmonary in nature or has a, uh, uh, an effect on your immune system or you're not immunocompromised or you don't have like leukemia or AIDS or any of this other stuff out there that might hurt your ability to recover and you're young and you're healthy like us for the most part, you're probably just going to have a pretty rough couple of weeks 
not that there's anything to be taken lightly there, but you're going to recover. So my theory, and I'm not bold enough to go out and take this and put it into practice yet, because, <laughs> you know, it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to do it, right? Yeah, right. My, theory, my theory, at least, is maybe, I mean, it's not chicken pox, but isn't it kind of like chicken pox? I mean, if we've got, if we've got coronavirus now, because it didn't exist in the human animal, what, four or five months ago, and now it does. And well, this is something that we have to deal with now, probably for a, a recurring outbreak every few years, you know, is, is it not a valuable thing while you're young and healthy? I'm not saying if you're 78 years old and you're on your, you got one leg in the ground already, you, you don't, you don't go on and, and try this method. But, uh, if you're young and healthy, a few weeks of pain and suffering, man, and maybe you're going to be immune. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that, Matt? Um, yeah, sure. A couple things. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> nah, and I'm, nah. and, and before Matt shreds that anybody who's listening, nah. I'm totally shooting from the hip here, right? I'm, nah. I'm, I'm pulling back on sophomore high school level biology from my understanding here. And that's, that's 20 something. <laughs> I'll, I'll save you the actual details, but that's 20 something <laughs> years ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to shred. I'm actually just going to build upon it here. So, okay. So your first thing, as far as viruses go, yes, mostly viruses, we can treat the symptoms like we do what's called palliative care. So basically that means making sure like your symptoms aren't so bad. Um, there are some limited interventions, but we're just, I mean, humanity, like human science, we're still just like in the infancy of virology. We know, we know bacteriology pretty well. Like we got bacteria pretty much squared away, but as far as viruses go, we're really just in the infancy of understanding how they even work. Like we really don't know anything. Um, as far as vaccines go, yeah, that's one of your few options. Uh, but the thing about vaccines, the difference between bacteria and vaccines, most vaccines or most most viruses rather don't like they're they're stuff that your body can can handle, like it can either exist with or handle fighting off. Uh, most viruses yeah. don't kill you. There are exceptions, Marburg virus, Ebola. Uh, HIV, AIDS, you know, depending on who you ask for that one. But the Marburg virus and Ebola clearly kill people. Uh, bacterial, because the thing is that like, it's just, I, I don't want to say viruses are smart because they don't have a brain, but they, they act like instinctually. And one of the things they do is that they don't want to kill you because you're their host. You have to, viruses have to have you, your cells to reproduce. And that's what every animal yeah. wants to do is reproduce and pass along its, its DNA. So the virus actually doesn't want to kill its host because then it has no place to live. So and it would, essentially it would, it, would, it would be a victim of its own success at that point. So viruses typically don't kill their hosts. So that's part of why. Uh, but bacteria, on the other hand, bacteria don't necessarily have to have that living host. All they have to have is food and warmth and moisture to grow. So a human body is, of course, a very good place to do that. And that's why you know bacteria infections a lot of times are more dangerous. Uh, like bacterial meningitis, for example, is far more deadly than mm -hmm. um, viral meningitis is. And that's why typically you know bacterial infections you usually have an extremely high fever that goes up as time goes on versus viral infections usually it'll have a, a a fever but usually it'll go down after the first three days and that's because your body starts to, to fight it off uh the thing is with the coronavirus part of about the and um number one is that it's something like i saw like i think the cdc says of course once again take these numbers with a grain of salt because that's all they're worth uh, yeah. They say that like 40% of cases are people aged 20 to 54. And there are a couple outliers of people that are getting like are dying that don't have any pre-existing health conditions. Now, of course, some of that is total BS because I saw this thing the other day. The media reported this kid died. Uh, and then you dug a little deeper 
and you know once you click three or four links deep you found out oh he had leukemia like yeah, huh, yeah. well okay <laughs> sure so yeah perfectly healthy huh i'll bet so anyway um part of it i mean there are certainly people out there in that age bracket that are so sick they have to go on a ventilator as far as long-term complications we don't know it's possible when a lot of these severe respiratory diseases you'll have lung scarring like scarring of lung tissue mm-hmm. um i don't know as if i don't know if it'd be enough to affect someone's quality of life or if they'll make full recoveries or not uh so it is it's not necessarily a foregone conclusion you'll be just fine uh part of the problem is that we don't know what the risk factors for this thing are it's so new yeah coronavirus has been around forever uh the common cold is a coronavirus so the problem is that this st- particular strain is so new, we don't really know what the risk factors are. Uh, China, for example, and Italy too, have a lot of smokers. So yeah. it's probably, which is bad news for me, but uh, it's, it's quite possible that smoking is a risk factor for this, especially because smoking is a risk factor for most, resp- for most diseases, but especially for respiratory diseases. Um, and then, of course, also another thing is that um, – Hypertension. Most like a lot of the people that were killed in in China had hypertension. They had uncontrolled high blood pressure, so that's probably a risk factor too. Diabetes, I'm sure, is probably a risk factor. Other things that might be risk factors that we don't know they are or that are not normally. So that might be part of the equation there. And the other thing too is that coronavirus is what's called an RNA virus, right? So you have DNA and then you have RNA. So DNA viruses are pretty stable and they're made of the same genetic material that your most of your body's made out of. RNA viruses mutate constantly. So essentially what happens is a virus, you know, a virus basically breaks into your, one of your cells, it hijacks your cell, it uses the machinery of the cell to make copies of itself. And then this, the, it explodes that cell, kills it and goes on to infect other cells. So the thing is that when those, those copies are made, because it's an RNA virus, the genetic code of the virus actually changes over time. And over time you can have copies that are not perfect like the other ones so they they actually one of two things can happen either it can make it so itself so basically basically the virus babies have so so bad at birth defects that they can't even survive or <laughs> or they or it mutates to the point where it's like super deadly and uh is a victim of its own success so that's probably i think if we we so like when your body fights if you get it and your body fights it off it's built up antibodies to go and kill it um and that's another thing too the immune system, we don't really know that much about it either. Like we know a little bit, but the, it's such a complex system. It's not just like white blood cells, you know, and your it's not white blood cells and your limbic system. It's so much more than that. It's your blood plasma, your liver, your kidneys, like every part of your body is involved with the immune system. So, and we don't really know, like you have what's called the innate immune system or the adaptive and the adaptive immune system. The innate immune system is like your, kind of like your core defenses. The adaptive immune system actually is what produces antibodies and change to, because like you're getting assaulted by pathogens constantly, bacteria, funguses, viruses, all kinds of stuff. Anytime you touch something, you know, if you actually could see like all this stuff, you would never touch anything ever again. You know, like <laughs> we are living in a world of filth. So, Remove yourself from my epidermis. <laughs> so, um, the thing is that, uh, <laughs> sorry, you're so, you're you. so stupid, dude. I love it. <laughs> All right. Look, 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 so everything you're saying, I'm learning and uh, I'm agreeing. Um, so how, how about this, uh, how about this whole vaping push thing? You know, that, that kind of come out of nowhere and was like pushed out to everyone. I even, I've, I've vaped for five years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I smoked. I, I used tobacco in the past and whatever, right. but something stands out to me 
there was such a huge push for the whole vaping thing. And it's almost as if it just, it was pushed out there in preparation for something like this to come along. Because now all all the kids that's been vaping for five, six, seven years, what if they're going to have an adverse reaction to this COVID-19 or or this coronavirus? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's, that, that just popped in my head, but. That's that is interesting. So I'm surprised Sorry. they they have. That's all good. I'm surprised they haven't made that link on the news. Um, that oh, like this is a risk factor for the super scary virus that we're freaking out about. Yeah. But um, yeah. interesting. And also, it's kind of interesting how they just basically just dropped all the vaping stuff, and it's totally not in the news anymore at all. And that's yeah. of course yeah. that here's a why is because public public health is uh, full of busybodies that are turned into bullies. Basically, it's full of doctors that. Are, can't hack it as doctors <laughs> for and the thing is they have to justify their own existence right it's mm-hmm. public choice theory economics right you know you have bureaucratic agencies don't work for the public good that's a crock no they work to expand their own power uh their own prestige and their own budget just like anybody yeah. else so basically public health officials always have to have some impending crisis they have to warn us about to justify their own existence and well, they didn't have anything for a while, so they picked up vaping. But now they're just like, ooh, we have something much better. Forget vaping. We don't have to talk about yeah. that anymore. We'll, we'll so, pick um, that up. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll hector people about that later. And, of course, you know, that's part of it also is, too, is that um, I'm sure that they, you know, they got cut some big fat checks from the tobacco agencies, you know. Or they'll get nice cushy jobs on the board of Laura Lard or R.J. Reynolds when they get out, too, of course. You know, that's another thing for another day. But uh, anyway, I was also going to say is that um, – Part of the problem with the coronavirus, too, at least at least the way I understand it, is that because it mutates so rapidly, when your body builds up antibodies, you don't like and you get it. And if you get infected again, the antibodies might not be able to fight off the coronavirus effectively enough, effectively enough for you to not get sick. So that's like at least that's a prevailing theory. Which also, of course, calls in the question how good a vaccine could possibly be against yeah. – because uh, RNA viruses typically we don't have a lot of vaccines for. And there's some are. I think it's uh, influenza B I think is an RNA virus. Um, I have to so check. Do you, think, do you think that RNA is more dangerous than, than the DNA version because it mutates? Uh, I don't think so because I think that uh, it's just – um, it's just how it is. I don't think that's much of a difference. I think the real thing that makes a virus deadly or not is, you know, people's people's uh, innate resistance to it. A lot of these things that have been around for a long time, people have kind of developed some natural immunity to the common cold is one. I bet you the common cold killed people two thousand years ago all the time. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm um, sure it did. And as far as things like Ebola and the Marburg virus that are new, like people have very, very little resistance to. So, and that's, that would be my guess anyway. I don't know. Like I'm kind of talking out of my depth with that stuff now. I'm not a virologist, <laughs> not even a doctor. I've been talking out of my depth my entire life. So you're good. <laughs> so, so you don't think I should go dive into a pool of COVID-19 then? I wouldn't recommend it, man. It sounds like it sucks anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is I've got a nine-year-old boy, right? I told you about this. I got a nine-year-old boy, and he's a filthy animal. 
Of course. He's a filthy, he's a filthy animal. So it's only yeah. a matter of time until it shows up here. I mean, I love the guy to death. He's 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 a wonderful, wonderful son. But he's a filthy animal, dude. Like we yeah. all were at that. Yeah, my son's my, my son's about that age, and he's 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 completely filthy too. But yeah. um, you know, actually, there's something interesting about that is that because like kids are not really getting this disease, not much. And I have a theory about that. I haven't heard anybody say this yet, but here's my theory. Okay, okay. so coronavirus is a mutation of the common cold. Right, the COVID nineteen, which I I hate using that term, but COVID nineteen is a mutation of the common cold. It's a coronavirus. Okay, well here's the thing. What do we know about kids? Right, they're little disease magnets. Whenever they go to school and one kid gets sick, they eventually get sick, and guess what? Then they get you sick. So that's always how it goes. So what I'm thinking is that kids have some natural immunity to coronaviruses because they're getting colds all the time. So it's almost like you know, when you get when you get a cold and then you get over it, it's almost like your immune system went out and did some deadlifts and bench presses. Like it gets a little workout, and yeah. um, it's actually very healthy for you to be exposed to disease and pathogens. Uh, you know, of course, I wouldn't go like you. I, w- I wouldn't go shoot up with like you know Hep C in- in- infested needles. But yeah, like, but maybe you should be eating your boogers. Right. Yeah. Or <laughs> not washing your hands after you go to the bathroom. Certainly. <laughs> but um, the thing is, is that uh. I, kids are not getting it because they have some kind of residual immunity to coronaviruses. And I'd be very curious to see if households where parents have young children, if the parents are getting it. Because if they're mm. not, that kind of confirms that theory. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking anyway. Mm. But yeah, and that's actually part of the problem with vaccines too is that the immunity you get from a vaccine is not the same as the immunity you get from actually getting sick. Yeah. And that's something I do worry about myself is getting chicken pox now. And I almost wonder if I should go get a booster because I got chicken. I've never had chicken pox. I got the shot in the first place when it was brand new. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I do kind of wonder about that because, uh, the immunity boost that you get from a, a, va- a vaccine is not the same as you get from an actual virus. There's all kinds of uh, like small cellular changes that happen with the virus that don't happen with the vaccine. Matter of fact, they found like their studies too. Um, <laughs> matter of fact, this is a uh, you know something I actually pulled up <clears throat> uh, talking about today. There's an article, um, I think maybe about six months ago, by a guy named Peter Hotems in the New York Times. Who's he's like he was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. He's like a big time epidemiologist or virologist or something like that, and um, he wrote this big write-up about measles in the New York Times, and it was full of nonsense, misinformation, and basically just straight-up vaccine propaganda. And one thing (laughs) – right, surprise, surprise. Excuse me. One thing he said was that there was a study that showed that kids that get measles and survive have this long-term immune suppression, and that's actually not true. Kids that have measles – have actually a more robust immune system and getting measles and getting over it is actually a sign of reduced mortality for other childhood diseases. Yeah. Until, so until you, until you get the real chicken pox, me and Q is going to laugh at you and point at you. <laughs> booster homie, you better get that booster. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. So, so going, go, going along with your theory, um, about kids having having an immunity based on just always being sick or always getting exposed to the cold. Um, can you guys hear me? Okay, is everything yeah. okay? Yeah. Okay. The the Mexican there's a Mexican governor uh, that claims poor people are immune from coronavirus. <laughs> I just pulled it up. CNN. So CNN put this up. Yeah, no, no, this is a day old. It came out. So 
Um, uh, the governor of the central Mexican state Puebla, state of Puebla, told reporters Wednesday that poor people are immune from the coronavirus. <laughs> I'm not going to read this whole article for you here on, on, on the interwebs, but uh, this is on CNN. And uh, so as soon as you, I read that the other day, and as soon as you said that about kids, I was like, well, I wonder if they're <laughs> like, maybe, you know, poor people are, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that's anything to do with it. You know, you know I'm talk, talking about the viruses too. Um, here's what really scares me. So we, we were, all, we're all veterans. So we got shot up with all kinds of goodies, right? I was just who about knows? to say that. Yes. Yeah. So who knows what um, is floating around in our bloodstream, right? Or in, in our DNA, but here, so as I was uh, getting to the end of my um, tenure with the, the good old United States Navy, I, I was I was I hate to use the term, I was diving in and I was getting woke. Okay, <laughs> so I, I was scared. I had mercury in my teeth. I was scared that I was starting to reject these. Like I'm trying to get out of getting in these shots that that the Navy required, right? So I get out of the Navy. Blah blah blah. I didn't care. I was an anti-vaxer, right? Because it can't be good that you're introducing some foreign metals and whatever chemicals you're, you're putting in me. You're trying to control me and trying to, you know, whatever. Well, I didn't really care too much. I was against it. I was anti-vaccine. And then I had kids. I have twins. And when I got to that point, I was too scared to not do it because I could never live with myself if something would have happened to my children because they didn't get vaccinated. So I went ahead and did it. And um, that's what they do, man. That, that yeah. That's where you're at. You're you're stand you're you're sitting on that wall and you choose one. Good luck. And yeah. I was too scared to not get them vaccinated. And um, you know, you got parties on both sides of that, that that's gonna argue argue that those each point, right? But mm-hmm. I was too scared to not get them vaccinated. So that I'm sure there's a, a, many other parents out there like that. Yes, absolutely. And you know what's interesting about you saying that too is that 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 feeling they cultivate in you is it's just that they cultivate. It's very intentional. I mean, like there's a great uh, libertarian uh, journalist. His name is Jeremy Hammond. Jeremy R. Hammond. Mm-hmm. His website is jeremyrhammond.com, and he does a lot of work on vaccines. And we're not talking like uh, you know. Del Big Tree, which actually does some pretty good stuff too, but this stuff is all like straight from the the vaccine company studies, the CDC website. He basically uses government sources, um, which is like the best kind of open source kind of journalism you can do because it's like nobody can accuse you of making stuff up. I mean, because it's like, hey, dude, look, it's from the CDC, and of course, people are conditioned to think that the CDC is the pronouncement from the mountain, you know, where Moses got the tablets and whatnot. Like they, they literally think it's just like gospel, which is just ridiculous. And and I mean, there is almost like there is almost a religious kind of fervor around vaccines themselves. Um, yeah, on 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 both sides of the you know on both sides of the issue. Yeah. Um, uh, And of course, part of the problem is like if you are just skeptical about vaccines or even if you are fine with the vaccines, but you want to do them at different times than the CDC recommends, they'll call you an anti-vaxxer, you know, of course, too. And that's a huge problem, too, in itself. There is no actual discussion going on about public health, public health policy. Um, And I'm not I'm personally myself. I'm not against vaccines, but I am absolutely against forced vaccination. That's unconscionable. Like you have the right to inform consent like there is nothing there is no decision more sacred at least in this physical realm than what you put in your body and if you don't have control over that like what do you have control over yeah. so anyway the point i'm trying to get at here is that he did a he did a study or he actually he wrote a bunch of articles talking about how essentially like the cdc tries 
to through their partners in the media and the New York Times is super guilty of this. They try to scare people into getting vaccinated. And I, I you know, I certainly understand the way because my yeah, my kids got all his got all his shots too. And and I felt the same way. And yeah. and part part of that is because um at least for a, a an informed, you know, to, for me to be as informed as I can, like nobody in my history has a family history of adverse reaction to vaccines, at least as yeah. far as I can tell. So I felt better about doing it then. But I'll tell you this much: if like if if somebody had gotten injured in my family because he got they got a vaccine, there's no way on on earth they could ever make me give give him get him vaccinated. So the point is that, it, and this is part of the problem too. Um, is that, and of course, yeah, after, after the <laughs> rounds and rounds and rounds of shots I got in the military, I'm sure that I'm, <laughs> I, I have no problem with vaccines. I'm probably, but like, you know, the, you're not going to get, we're never going to get to become X-Men if we don't just shoot vaccines into our body. Eventually oh. we got to, you know, if I, and I'm, if we're going to become super mutant, like crime <laughs> fighters, I mean, you, it's going to take a large amount of vaccines. And by the way, I call Wolverine. I get to be Wolverine. All so, right, I got Cyclops, dude. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know where that. I don't know where that came from. I was just thinking about like like all the stuff that's in my body because of being in the Navy. I'm like, there's no telling yes. what what crazy mutations are are occurring at a cellular <laughs> level. And you know, I'm looking at my knuckles, hoping for the blades to pop out any minute now. You know, right. but whatever. I'll start covering my eyes in case I shoot out, shoot out laser beams. <laughs> I'm gonna screw up my computer, but no, for real though. Actually, there's it is. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm surprised that we we have. I'm surprised that we don't set off metal detectors because of all the aluminum in our bodies oh, from yeah. the vaccines. Yeah. I mean, and I remember like, dude, there's because you get the you get the meningococcus vaccine, you get yellow fever, you get typhoid. I used to have them all memorized because I used to give I used to give immunizations all the time at PHAs, uh, like you know annual health assessments. Yeah, but um. Yeah, dude, I used to give, I used to just sit there and just bang, 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 bang all the time. And I, there used to be, there was um, a bunch more that you had to have too, especially if you were deploying. And of course, one was the anthrax series, which you had to yeah. get. Oh, oh that, that was, was fun. Worse, dude. That was a lot. Yeah, of that was painful, man. Um, and then, do you remember boot camp lining up and having these guys just just walking down like a gauntlet and just yes. having guys just shoot? I mean, literally with yes. like pneumatic guns just blasting yep. you in the arm, but pop, pop, pop. And if you didn't move just right or you moved too much, it would just slice you open and you just got deltoid hanging out. I don't know. <laughs> Do you ever see that? <laughs> I never seen anybody lose a deltoid, but I definitely remember seeing one guy take a nosedive when he got to near oh. the end of the line. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty oh, brutal. That's yeah. And it just that's how they start you out. They load you up and they keep you stoned the whole time the whole way through with whatever and, they're putting in you. And a peanut butter shot. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> that was oh i remember jumping out in boot camp i had the top rack and oh, you poor guy and the day after the day after getting that peanut butter shot in the butt just jumping out and the left leg didn't quite have the support that it usually did and i just <laughs> just toppled over man just crashed over man. So <laughs> was, and i mean i'm a I, I was a i'm a big guy so the poor guy next to me ended up feeling most of it but you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get I, off me. <laughs> I had a top rack too man but i'm like i'm under six feet man so it was a struggle for me getting up and down off that thing man uh um but yeah see where was i at um dang it oh so okay so here's the thing is that 
Uh, geez, where was I? So there is. I lost my place. Chickenpox. Chickenpox. <laughs> peanut butter shot. Um, uh, let's see. Man. Ah, uh, uh, come on. Okay, we, so we were we talking. Went all, we kind of went all over the place, dude. Yeah. Whatever you were thinking of, we screwed you up, dude. Sorry about yeah, that. That's, that's all good. Oh, so here we were talking about the New York Times, and we were talking about how they essentially scare us all into giving our kids vaccines but they're so dishonest about so many things about it and some of the times it's just like a flat out lie like uh you guys i'm sure you've heard about the wakefield study right where andrew wakefield wrote that paper in the lancet in like 1998 where it said that vaccines were linked with autism okay well that's not actually what he said what he said was that vaccines are can can give kids like encephalitis, so brain inflammation, which presents as autism in susceptible populations. Mm. So, big difference there. Yes. And here's the thing is the dude lost his medical license over it. Like they straight and they basically completely ruined his career. So, the thing was, if you actually go back and look at that case, right? Um, he had a co author on, and I can't remember the guy's name, but basically, that guy went and appealed the decision to whatever high commission of medical officers they ever have over there in the UK, some super status thing, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> he actually appealed the decision and he got his license back. But Wakefield did not appeal it because his insurance company would not pay for him to go fight it. And essentially the medical staff over there had to admit that that he'd been smeared and there was no actual wrongdoing with the study. So the guy got his entire reputation ruined over nothing. But the thing is, is that they will they will come straight come out and say, like the New York Times straight comes out and says that no vaccines are not toxic. Okay, listen. Vaccines have something called an adjutant in them, right? And that adjutant, what it does is it actually increases the antibody production from the vaccine. So adjutants in vaccines used to be a compound called thio. Uh, thiomental, I think is what's how you say it, but it, it's mercury. And yeah. now they got rid of that, and now they have aluminum in them. Both of these chemicals are neurotoxins. Mercury is one of the most toxic substances known to man. Yeah. Uh, you can't eat. You can't eat the stuff in the thermometer. It'll kill you. So, the fact of the matter is, like, that's just a blatant lie right out front. And then the other thing too is that the, another huge, huge problem with the whole vaccine thing is the way they do studies, right? So they'll say, studies show this, studies show that. Okay, sure, cool. Well, here's the thing is that the gold standard of medical experimentation is uh, what's called a, you know, a double-blind placebo-controlled tar- trial, right? So essentially, the researchers don't know who gets a placebo. The subjects don't know who gets a placebo. One group gets the actual medication. The other group gets just a, a sugar pill. Or in the case of an injection, just normal saline. So essentially, that way you can rule out the both the positive and negative effects of whatever drug you're testing. Well, here's the thing is that va- vaccines have what's called uh, phase trials. So phase one, two, and three are essentially all uh, experimental trials. And then once they, they go to clinical trials where they actually give it to people. So in these clinical trials, basically uh, both the control group which is supposed to get the placebo and the experimental group, which gets the actual drug, they're both given a vaccine of some kind. Now, one group gets the actual vaccine they're testing. The other one 
still gets a vaccine. <laughs> so, or they also get it, the control group sometimes instead gets an injection with either aluminum or thiomethyl, which is mercury, right? Mm. Both neurotoxins once again. So what do you know? This increases the number of adverse events that the placebo group gets, which decreases the amount of adverse event, events that the vaccine gets by comparison. Because what they do is they compare how many people have bad reactions from their placebo, and they compare how many people have bad reactions from the experimental drug, and that's how they get the actual rate of adverse events. So it's basically they're just cooking the books. And then, of course, Big Pharma, I mean, essentially, <laughs> I think Jeremy Hammond put it this way. He said basically that the the CDC and the FDA are basically like they're they're part of the vaccine industry. The government is the vaccine industry. They're like the marketing and distribution wing for yeah, the yeah. vaccine companies. So essentially, Big Pharma gets to pick which studies they keep and which studies and they bury the studies that that show their vaccines in a bad light. I mean, it's so, it's it's disgusting how corrupt it is. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insane, man. And um, it's just oh my gosh, it's. It's disgusting. Like it is so aggravating, and it's like you. If you try to talk to people about this type of stuff, man, they they can like you nor so many normies out there, dude, can not have a rational conversation about it. Like people literally believe that there are no that there are no adverse re events that happen with the vaccine, and there are people that literally believe that you know you get a vaccine. And you can never possibly get sick. Well, we know vaccines fail. Vaccines fail all the time. Um, hell, that that Disney measles outbreak out there in California a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Maybe it was last year, actually. But basically, they there was a whole bunch of things like that. And they had found, basically, that uh, the adults that got sick, 64% of them had the vaccine for measles. So... This shows us it's what's called a secondary vaccine failure. Basically means that the vaccine worked, but it wore off. And yeah. that's an entirely expectable outcome with a vaccine, especially one that you got when you were a child. I mean, there's no lifelong immunity necessarily that comes from a vaccine. It can be, but I mean, the other thing too is that we don't even know how well it works because in America, we don't get exposed to measles that much. Now, if you go deploy in a foreign country, you're going to exposed. You're going to get exposed to all kinds of crazy stuff, and this is why we oh, do yeah. get vaccines for typhoid fever and yellow fever and things like that. But here in America, Bro, when man, I, like, I went, I went to Djibouti, right, mm -hmm. and uh, and ended up there. And, and one of the things that I had to, one of the things they made me sign and review was that I would never donate blood. I wouldn't donate blood for three years after leaving Djibouti. And yeah, not I because, remember that. Not, not because of what I may or may not have been exposed to over there, uh, but because of what they shoved into my body to to make sure that I didn't get whatever they were afraid of me getting over there. So it was like, it's like, so how bad? Like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm gonna. I mean, this is on the tail end of a deployment. I get to sail home after this, you know. And it's like, what did you shove into my body that now I'm taking home to my family? Right? Like now I'm gonna be. In a few short months, going to be home with my wife and my children, and and whatever I'm got going on with me is it contagious? Do I spread it to them? I mean, I right. just, dude, it was nuts, man. I, you know, one that was one of the things I went, dude, what, what are they doing to me? And that was kind of it's sad because I'd been in the Navy for like ten years at that point, and that was like one of the first times I started thinking about maybe they shouldn't be shoving this stuff into my body. But, Seriously, uh, you know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, man. I don't know. 
I do. Uh, I do have to wonder. I mean, because as as veterans, as a population, like we are at a higher risk of a lot of things than we're at a much higher risk of of a lot of health problems than your average civilian is. Man, um, yeah. certain types of cancers, uh, cardiovascular disease, pulmonary disease, all the mental health problems, of course, too. But all yeah. all kinds of things, man, and, and stuff that you don't see in regular people too sometimes. And I can't help but wonder. How much of it is because of stuff like that? Now, part of it's environmental, of course, because we work with we work with dangerous substances. We work with extremely high levels of radiation, like electromagnetic radiation, especially on ships, man. You know, radar and whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. um, then and then, of course, in the army, like you know, you go on deployment, man. Like, there's probably going to be a giant hole with diesel fuel burning and all kinds of crazy trash in it too. Oh, yeah. you know? I yeah. mean, it's yeah, it's awful. So. Uh- I can't help but wonder how much of the health problems are caused by things like vaccines that the regular population doesn't get that often. Something to think about for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. Well, that's that, man. I think, uh, I think we don't have, we don't really have any more answers than we had when we started, but it sure was fun having a conversation about (laughs) it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just uh, so I, what I got out of this is probably a bad idea if I go eat a bowl of coronavirus. So I, yeah, so I won't do that. Do that um, <laughs> I should probably probably not not you know mix up a a, a, a soluble solution of of, of uh, aluminum and shove it into my veins. So I won't do that. Unless you're um, getting it, unless your doctor's giving it to you, then it's fine. Then of course it's fine, right? Everything everything they do is great. <laughs> unless um, you make a video of it, and you chewing a big sheet of aluminum. On camera. <laughs> Dude, when I when, when I learned how to weld, when I learned how to weld, I learned how to weld on a ship. I never, I never, I never went to any kind of uh, like welder training class. Like it was just a bunch of guys that, hey, dude, you want to learn how to weld? Yeah, I want to learn how to weld. So I'm like welding. I'm like squinting my eyes. I don't have the thing, you know. I'm I'm like I'm well. I'm, doing, I'm learning how to TIG weld, like which is you know, it's, and aluminum is great. It's fun, but I'm sitting there just sucking up all those fumes and oh, just yeah. burning metal and just like you're you early just, paper man dude, I'm like, <laughs> i like look back on all this stuff and you're absolutely right because as soon as you said we we're a higher risk of things I, re- I remember going back and going well that's probably why my eyes don't work that's oh, probably yeah. why it's <laughs> when i was well, learning I how to weld i'm like picking yeah i'm learning how to weld it wasn't wearing a respirator you know but i was like you know at the end of the day all that welding and grinding and cutting i got like 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 stainless steel boogers in my nose, just like taking a tink, tink, tink. You know? It's just how much of that. I mean, your nose hairs didn't catch everything. So, I mean, I'm sure some of that ended up in my lungs or at least a good amount of it. And then of course that goes into the blood and, and then into the liver and the kidneys and all that fun stuff. So yeah, dude, we're at risk. We are at risk. Seriously. That, was, um, that makes me feel good. Thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Sure. I'm, I'm glad to uh, lift your spirits with that. <laughs> That staring your own death, you know, in the face. You're welcome. I'm here for you. But uh, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, on a, on, like on a serious note, though, man, it is. It does make you wonder. Uh, I, I certainly find myself from time to time because I do really worry. Like a lot of times, like, am I just gonna go? Because like the most one of the most valuable things I have now is my mind, and like I, I kind of, I, I sit here and wonder, like, am I just gonna? Because I already have problems with my memory to begin with, and I just kind of wondered myself, like, am I just gonna wake up and like? one day and just like not be able to function oh it's terrifying man yeah, yeah. It's a scary, oh. thing. scary thing well that, that that's a great note to end it on <laughs> that's, that's a that's a real upbeat note man 
So uh, I'm gonna, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and, and and sign off here pretty soon. But Matt, I want you to plug everything you got. And I again, I want to thank you for for coming onto the show and 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 spending some time with with Gumbo and I and talking about this this uh, this topic. And golly, it seems like we're all talking about it. Everyone, every one of us, every every show that I listen to um, seems to have an episode every so often about this thing, and all from different angles. But I, I'm looking forward to the time, honestly, where we can actually just start. Um, talking bad about the state for other reasons, man. You know, yes, uh, yes <laughs> I, it is exhausting, man. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I have to get out of show. I'm going to record probably tomorrow about uh, about all the agenda items they're trying to push right now. But uh, yeah, I just cannot get away from it. So um, as yeah, I was more than happy to. It's all I'm, I always love talking about vets, man. So I'm always uh, certainly happy to come on and kick it with you guys. So. As for me, if you want to talk to me, my name is Matt. I'm the host of the Status Quo Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Status Quo Pod. And you can shoot me or my co-host Nick an email at thestatusquo at gmail.com. And uh, our website is thestatusquo.net. There you'll find blog posts, articles. There's a couple new ones up now. Um, We're starting some medical training. And also every episode of the show and all the show notes are also there too. All right. Well, thank you very much. Just a warning. Okay, go ahead. Just a warning. It is explicit language, FYI. (laughs) Okay. Well, hey, no, and on that, thanks for thanks for kind of, you know, keeping it keeping it clean for us. I want to just, you know, anybody who's listening, this is not necessarily a family show, but I want to make it to where if mom and dad are listening to this thing in the car and the kids are in the back seat, they don't have to turn it off because of language. If they don't like the topic or they don't like the content, then that's one thing. But man, I don't want to run people off because of language. So, Gumbo, is there any is there anything I'm missing, buddy? Uh, so we, we did come, we're, we're leaving with one answer and that's, that's it, Matt, you need to get that booster, bro. You got to get that. But but thanks for coming on, dude. It was really great. You, you're really knowledgeable. And, um, uh, Absolutely. Thank yeah, you. and to add to that, one of the reasons that we like to keep it clean is because, you know, I have two year old twins and the last thing I need is little gumbo dropping F-bombs because I will, <laughs> I will be skint alive. Okay. <laughs> but anyway thank you so much man god bless you brother absolutely bless you, all right man. thank bless you. you hey thanks everybody for listening to the show if you'd like to follow us on twitter i'm at q underscore abolitionist my co-host is at crypto gumbo and our show page is at unshackled underscore l uh, if you like the content that we're creating and would like to help us make more you can support us at anchor.fm slash unshackled liberty or patreon.com slash unshackled liberty Thank you for your time. Every little bit helps. And remember, freedom does not require permission.